0: Was there an Adam? Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived? Either way, we got what we needed when the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden.
1: Going? What if I am, (laughs) you know, I want to report, I want to
2: be able to say my thing if I'm there. I don't want a reporter to tell me that I'm allowed to be there or not when I know I'm allowed and the second thing is i wonder how much that that situation is diverting from the real case the 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 other um you know the the environmental damage aspect of the explosion
3: because now you have two
2: things the environmental explosion and the imperfect or you know lack of regulations and proprietary secrecy for the chemicals and all these other kind of things and then you have the um you know this issue of this
4: arrest which is um horrific so i just wanted to make those two comments outrageous and and i, well. I love that you're blue uh did you come in on a ufo or, or are you <laughs> that was me kind of, yes <laughs> are you actually and who has seen big fat liar because he turns blue. oh nobody okay <laughs> it's not that great a movie uh, uh, tatanka you had your hand go ahead
5: yeah, well, I just want to bring up two things that we can discuss in the future because uh, we don't have time now. The first uh, is this link and how the large corporations are organizing. And this this part, as I mentioned, was uncovered by the Romero team that uh, the government of Switzerland set up a special nonprofit for Exxon where they can launder everything. Uh, you know, what they used to do in marketing with, Uh, creating phony science and climate denial will be part of nonprofit work now, for instance, trillions, and at the same time, setting up a private bank for Exxon in Switzerland that supposedly nobody can get to, okay? We need to discuss that because this is something I heard nearly 50 years ago from a consultant at Stanford Research Institute talking about 2020 to 2030, He was a consultant with Royal Dutch Shell, and he told me about the information that Exxon and Shell had done on the climate, and that at 2020 to 2030, it was going to be the solar century that we want, and wind, and all kinds of sustainable energy, but the key thing was big oil was determined to own the whole thing, and part of that was to set up wonderful-sounding foundations, nonprofit foundations for all the social issues so that we think we're buying into our freedom when we're buying into our slavery. The corporatocracy, absolute fascism. So that's one topic. The other thing is, many of you probably already know that Danny Sheehan was asked by Luis Elizondo who had worked for a couple decades in the Pentagon and he was responsible for reporting the UF information into the Defense Department. Um, For doing his job, he was fired, so he found Danny. Danny has had two, I believe, perhaps three meetings with the Secretary General of the Pentagon. And as I mentioned earlier, he was talking a a year ago last summer, saying it's too dangerous. UFOs swarm Moscow and Beijing and, and DC whenever, the nuclear danger to planet Earth is very high or the the times that uh, the climate issue. This is just what they do. And they have been, as military people have reported, there are times when they have disabled the nukes on carriers and things like that, Um, basically because our destroying ourselves is not just a threat to us. It's a threat to other civilizations. So Anyway, it would be fun sometime when Danny can talk about it. I know he just came out of a big conference this weekend on it to talk about that issue because he said right now people are going to be playing the blame game between the nation states when it has nothing to do with that. And I do believe just what I've been reading about these balloons and, well, we don't know, and they're just balloons, and it just it just reminds me of the original the original game that they played back in the in the fifties. The other thing is that every single U.S. president since Truman has been apprised of you know what goes on in Area 54. They know about it, but it's beyond their pay grade. Nobody can talk about it. We're talking about Obama and Trump all the way back, and it was in the era of Eisenhower that actually the corporations took over the black box money of the government to run the corporate money. And the issue, as Danny has been the attorney for Dr. Stephen Greer, and if you haven't seen the 1999 or 2000, it's almost four hours, it's still on YouTube as of anyway, a few months ago when I looked. um, The issue, uh, Washington Press Corps event where they had all these scientists, nuclear people, one moon astronaut, um, corporate people, um, talking about the issue of disclosure. Greer's point is it's our tax dollars that we've had free energy. They've re-engineered the craft. They We've known about this. Uh, they've known about this. The government inside has known about this since the 50s. We haven't even needed the oil wars, okay? There is energy that is accessible and it's our energy. That's what that suit is about. Anyway, Danny was arguing that you, we all know in this room, and this was military generals along with the attorneys, all of us in this room know the reality of this. And it's just too dangerous not to be open about it now, because different governments are going to play the blame game on what isn't even government activity against each other. And here it is being played out, like almost a year and a half after he warned about it. So that would be an interesting discussion to have. And then yeah, I have let's to do that. I have to go to uh, RCN. Well, here,
4: before you go, I have a question. Yeah, and I do the, too, after Harvey. Okay, w- when the flying saucers come down <laughs> and they shut down the atomic reactors, do the saucers have no nukes bumper stickers on them? Because we should, we should, <laughs> we should market a bumper sticker them. going out of space. What do you think?
5: There, There's a whole, you know, the whole issue about whether... Uh, I'm of the belief that that uh, that people from other places other than Earth have a variety. I think there are good guys and bad guys. I think there are there are civilizations that really have our interests in heart and those that don't. And there has always been the issue of the ones that have our interests in heart that nobody's going to save us. They don't ever come, you know, free will of us but there have been times that the military has documented i mean i love this interview because the one woman on the panel talked about being consulted with um uh what's his name the nazi that came over to run our space program
4: Werner von Braun
5: yeah Werner von Braun and kind of adopted her and he basically said uh, you know, the, the the enemy game, that's the same game we did in Nazi Germany, uh, that's going to lose its uh, effectiveness after a while. And he eventually said, our government is now preparing for uh, phony uh, space invasion scenarios because we we have re-engineered these. I used to live in Ben Lomond until the fires two and a half years ago people up there myself included have seen ships come out of the lockheed facility there they're not ufo's they're us they, they can't do everything a ufo can do but they can fly at great speeds and they don't have sound and they they're utilizing the energy and the environment you know kind of a tesla thing so it's real it's real and it's among us and um, we just need to have a discussion about it
4: i i think it's a great discussion and i'm looking Looking forward to it. Myla? Myla? Sorry
6: about that. Um, I muted when my phone was ringing. I apologize. Uh, Tatanka, um, I fully appreciate that um, you and Danny and Sarah have uh, really uh, understand how the existential... Threat that uh, we face with the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, and yet I feel kind of like a broken record or someone that i'm just not getting through. About that existential threat when I see I just have to say this when I see Ben come on from this new let's green Romero's let's green California initiative and pinpoint three programs that say nothing whatsoever about shutting diablo
5: okay let me let me just say i have to go but okay sarah and sarah they both worked so heavily with jackson brown and everybody they are totally i know it's what's going on okay there's not there's no issue that they aren't opposed to nuclear i know that
6: and yet and yet they're, they they somehow leave nuclear out of the equation with. If I, am sorry to interrupt. No, no,
4: no. look to Tonka and then Wendy. Tonka, do you want to respond?
5: Um, I don't know how you get that they leave nuclear out. Just because everybody's not talking about nuclear at the same time, or what?
6: No, he, I, Ben came on, and he said these are the three issues that we're focusing on right now.
5: Okay. Let me talk. Romero has several programs. Romero has Lakota People's Law Project. Romero has Let's Green California. The narrow dimension of that that Dolores Huerta Foundation and others are working on are getting California to carbon zero by the year 2030 and beyond that to to, to complete restoration. That is pre-industrial levels of toxicity in the air. That's one part. Okay. Um, then there's another part, which is um, uh, the New Paradigm Institute, which is talking about integrating all these things. And then there's a 501c4 that they've reactivated, which is the old Christic Institute, which is going to be lobbying to create a lot of things. Okay, in this, definitely nuclear is involved, definitely, definitely. But in in the action that's being taken in the California legislature. The first one was SB 1230 to get electric cars and to get it at the point of purchase so that people can afford. The second thing was we found out that the legislature was not interested at all um, or the energy commission or anyone talking about the issue in poor areas of access to infrastructure to charge. So Ben and then have confirmed, and everybody in the legislature is really excited that there's going to be a utility card where poor people can actually get their get their vehicles charged as everything rolls out. So that that's, and then they're also talking about in the next year or two, uh, regenerative agriculture, uh, state banking, a whole bunch of things, okay? Um, whether or not we can have a legislative issue, that could be brought to uh, Romero that would involve um, nuclear. I welcome it. If it's you before have it, the, the state,
6: le- it's before the state legislature now, Tatanka.
5: Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're all working on it. You're working on it. Thank God, you know, we, we all have several things. I'm sorry, yeah,
6: on. I know, I know. Thank okay. you. I, I, thank you very much. Thank I, well, yes, we'll, we'll resume this I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm such a mess.
5: I wanna say that this also came out, this is, this is, uh, you know, someday, someday we can maybe get George on here. A Lifelong Quaker. Uh, this, this is an amazing book. Um, and he, he just came out with his, his biography. This is something that's also going on this evening. Uh, After- I've
4: met George Lakey. I'd be glad
5: to have him on in the next week or two. I mean, in the next two or three weeks. If you want to bring I'll, on. I'll be same. I'll talk to him and see if that's possible.
4: Yeah, it'd be great. Myla, uh, thanks for your question on that. We'll resume this discussion when. Tom okay. Thanks. Out. Sorry.
5: i sorry. I've got to go. But no, no, no.
4: Good to see you, man.
5: Yeah. There's there's a yeah, and if everybody can, uh, there's a concert tonight at Resource Center uh, for Nonviolence that that I'm attending with uh, with David Rovix, and so I need to be there for that. All right, man. <clears throat> okay. Take care.
4: Talk to you Are later. You playing? Um, um, Wendy, and then Mary, and then Justin. Go ahead, Wendy. Oh, uh, thank we you. Have 20, we have 23 people on the call. So awesome. Steve, thank you for engineering this transition. Very well done. I'm uh, really glad. And you even gave me time in between to go out and take a week. So really worked well. Okay, uh Wendy, go ahead. Oh
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. Um yeah, and cheers to that. Thanks um for the engineer. Um yeah, just uh to what my listening, like I totally under like see the point, like seeing at it from just that angle. But um Yeah, I was just going to say like Tatanka said, like they work on like so many different things. And I thought that that specific part of the website was also good because the way he has it laid out as far as like clicking on it, learning more about the issue. And then it directs you straight to your um, representative with the template. Like it was just so so great for the grassroots organizing that Harvey's doing. So that specific arm and tentacle of what they're working on, I thought was um, relevant here. Um, but they do have like so many other things. Like uh, Sarah Nelson has a, a movie coming out about the work that she did years ago with the Karen Silkwood case, and so I know that that draws a lot of lines to um to the nuclear really being for weapons and how dangerous it
4: really is. So
2: yeah, I just wanted to let you know. Sorry, my tooth really hurts. because I'm
4: a little. Thank um, you, I thanks Wendy, um, and uh, just uh, uh, Mark Stansbury for. Uh, uh, clarification there are bushes behind my house uh mary butler and then um justin leblanc and ron i want to talk to you about uh the, the latest store stuff so we'll go through the questions and then talk about that mary go ahead mary uh stonewall
7: yeah first uh pack that tooth over and over again with baking soda and i swear that pain will be gone in an hour if you do it every like two to three minutes pack more baking soda in it okay all pain will be gone in an hour okay. um I, I want to point out that um, I keep talking about building code reform, and then we have Turkey. We have all these things going down. Um, my building code reform, I told you I wrote the base code that all codes must follow. I don't care what, what you're building, what you're, whatever you're creating or mining or extracting or logging. It, ha- it goes upon this one base code. And basically, I call it the, uh, the inherent constitutional building code. Um, because I based it off the U.S. Constitution Declaration of Independence, but in reality it could be a galactic building code because of the fact that it states that if anything that is extracted, constructed, um, any byproducts thereof, if they pose a threat to life on Earth or our existence within the known galaxy, it's automatically outlawed because I felt a long time ago that what we're doing here is jeopardizing the rest of the solar system. OK,
4: very good. Thank you for that. Uh, Justin, and then we'll go to Ron Leonard.
3: Justin so, Levite. Hello. Uh, I yeah. actually grew up near a Superfund site, about a half an hour's drive, actually maybe a little less. And uh, know one of the rocket engineers who worked there. Uh, So this is a company called Aerojet, and uh, they actually left the area nominally because neighbors got too close and started putting in noise ordinances. No, it's really because of all the toxic pollution. So Myla has a point about the existentialism of Diablo nuclear Plant, And uh, in particular, the thing about the Turkey earthquakes, yeah, that is actually a huge deal. Uh, It's a time that we really should be addressing it, especially because it is in front of the legislature. Now, what's the alternative to nuclear? Because we can scare people to death, but we actually have to provide them something else to replace it with. And part of that is just energy efficiency. So one of the things that's happening right now is, you know, Walmart even is buying electric delivery vehicles because that's more efficient than gas powered ones. And so we can actually encourage local governments and state governments to start uh, boosting all of that by doing things like taxing uh, vehicles that aren't full uh, on the deliveries, right? And so an example of that would actually be uh, people who are buying luxury goods as opposed to say food or medical goods, uh, they would pay a shipping surcharge. So there's lots of ways to actually Uh, get people to reduce their dependence on all fuels, not just uh, fossil fuels or nuclear fuels. And uh, by the way, uh, for what it's worth on all of that, uh, Bloomberg and Sierra Club are kind of problematic there because uh, Bloomberg has actually started saying, well, yeah, small nuclear reactors are just a little bit cheaper than the conventional ones. So it's really not worth it to even bother there. Let's just Copy the rest of the world and go full on more nuclear plants. We don't want that, right? So we actually want people to be much more in harmony with nature, much more efficient with their activities. That's why it's really important to take our wins where we can get them. And ironically, big corporation like Walmart is actually a good platform for that if we set the policies right. But we well, have big advocating local control.
4: Yeah, and the big fight right now is the Postal Service. I, why they haven't gotten rid of this jerk who's the head of the Postal Service, I don't know. Um, DeJoy, this guy's name. And he's, he's jumped in and tried to stop the Postal Service from going to electric vehicles. But now, apparently, they're backtracking
3: and they, they, they may do it. Uh, we'll see. Um, um, uh, a leader who's on the forefront of that is Senator Tammy Baldwin, and they are actually working. Uh, one of the partners is UC Santa Barbara. There's a lady named Charmaine uh, Chau, C-H-A-U, I think it is. Uh, I'll have to get the spelling and put the information okay. here in the chat. But uh, UCSB Global Studies is a place to watch.
4: Well, the New York Times, um, I'm going to, Ron, I'm going to let, Maya has a hand and then we'll go to you. Um, um, the New York Times ran a piece in the last couple of days, which what I found shocking, oh, I guess that's a bad pun, saying that the uh, electric cars are now cost equivalent on the purchase end with gas cars. I mean, this is way ahead of schedule. But the basic idea is you can now buy an electric car for what? Uh, It costs to buy the equivalent of gas car. It's amazing. Myra, you want to jump in real quick and then we'll go to Ron Leonard?
6: Yeah, Um, I I actually like to go to Ron Leonard first. And then what I'd really like to talk about is that the California legislature um, included an off-ramp to extending the license of Diablo. um, And there are several agencies right now in the state of California that actually have the power to stop the relicensing. So after Ron Leonard, I'd like to kind of go over what what the off-ramp looks like and what we can do in order to shut Diablo.
4: I I used to hitchhike at on-ramps, so off-ramps are good too. (laughs) Okay, uh, Ron Leonard, this this is a big deal. If the New York Times is saying that gas and electric cars are now equivalent price to buy, that's pretty amazing.
8: Well, it's an unusual situation because no one really expected this to happen, especially happened this year. But the IRA, the Infrastructure Restructuring Act that the federal government passed, put in this little thing called a rebate for electric vehicles. So if you happen to have the idea of purchasing an electric car, you could get $7,500 for a new car as a credit on that car. And uh, if you buy a used electric car, you can get $4,000 credit for that car. So the second unusual thing that occurred is Tesla's Model Y, which is the most popular car that they have been selling recently, did not really qualify for that $7,500 credit because it was a car and was a little bit above $55,000 that they uh, limit the price for. Uh, if it's a car, you can't have over $55,000. If it's a truck, it can't be more than $80,000. Well, Tesla decreased the cost of the Model Y by about 30%. So they, were, they had a workaround. If you bought a Model Y with uh, three rows of seats, which it made it an SUV, which is a truck, you still got the tax credit, no more. You get a tax credit on any Model Y you got, because they decreased the price of the car. So this really throws big numbers at people buying cars. And if you don't believe that, you can take a look at the amount of orders Tesla got after reducing the price of the cars. They immediately went from you know not too many people buying to I can't make enough. So they sold Tesla 1,000, excuse me, 1. 1.3 million cars last year, this year, they are capable of producing and likely to produce over 2 million cars. That's a big jump.
4: That's a big jump. I read a letter to the editor somewhere. Someone, um, uh, uh, we're not on the air. Oh, we are on the air. We are on the air. never mind. Someone was really angry because they had bought a Tesla like a month ago. And oh, yeah. Tesla That's- dropped the price on them. Yeah. And it was like 20 grand. I mean, it's a very yeah. big, Price price drop. So, this is a big deal. And the other thing we're all waiting for, and Ron, you're the guy most on top. When is the end of the use of lithium in batteries? And when is the beginning of other substances like sodium? So, let's let's talk about numbers.
8: So, lithium is basically 33rd on the most abundant element list in nature. And basically, what happens is that they mine about 89 million tons worldwide, and about uh, the reserves stand about two two million tons of lithium. So, lithium is an issue, but it's not an issue to reduce the amount of batteries that we can have. It's just, you know, something you have to do when you build a battery because lithium batteries frankly work. They recharge a lot of times, they have a fairly good energy density. And again, Tesla has gotten the price of lithium batteries below the $100 magic number so that it just works. But what happens if you wanna go beyond lithium? If you wanna do large scale storage, if you wanna do big stuff and store energy for more than six hours on a utility grid, you got to have another technology because lithium may going to cut the grade. And you have different choices there. So there are new solid state batteries. One company is manufacturing them, which is a lithium battery, but doesn't have to be a lithium battery. There are flow batteries that use other things that are just moving pumped chemicals, some of them based on iron. Some of them are based on sodium. They work. The only problem is they weigh more and are physically bigger, but it's fine for the application. So as we go forward, we will be seeing, one company has figured it out, they say, how to make a sodium battery, flow battery, that's energy dense and can be put into the cars. It's all good. It all works. We don't have to have a worry here. We can buy a car today that goes 400
4: miles on a battery. It's here. No waiting. Fantastic. Fant- and Myla, did you want to say something? And then um, uh, the next person, Maya. Yes, I definitely do. Go ahead. Um,
6: I, I want to talk about um, the leverage and the power that the state of California actually has with respect to shutting down Diablo. You know, okay. the, the federal uh, regulators, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission issues the, the license for PG&E to run the nuclear power plant. But the state of California um, has a role as well. The land where the uh, nuclear power plant is sited is leased from the state of California. It's on California coastal land. And and the California Coastal, uh, the California Land Commission issues the lease to PG&E in order to operate. Um, the Water Control Board has oversight over, it has been given responsibility by the federal government to enforce the Clean Water Act, which prohibits the superchar- superheated water from being discharged directly into the ocean. The, uh, the California Coastal Commission also has a role, and I need to uh, learn more about exactly what that is. But you may recall, Harvey, that um, Diablo started operations uh, kind of late. And um, the lease that they had to, um, to to lease that California coastal land actually expired a few years ago. And, um, and so the State of California Land Commission was faced with uh, extending that lease. Now, after Diablo opened, the State of California passed a really great act, the California um, Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and CEQA basically says that if you're going to make any kind of uh, major decision, if state agencies or municipal agencies are to make any kind of a, a, a decision that would have an environmental impact, that they have to study that environmental impact and issue a report about it. And uh, and as I said, uh, CEQA was passed after uh, Diablo uh, started operation, but before the extension of the license that occurred a few years ago. Now, Gavin Newsom of all people was the, uh, the chair of the California Coastal Commission. I mean, yeah, the, the land, I'm sorry, the um, California Land Commission. Uh, At the time that they were deciding whether or not to enforce secret to follow the law that would have required the state of California to take a look at the environmental impact of extending the the lease and and allowing um, PG&E to keep to operate that nuclear power plant on California coastal land and uh, and they decided that it was uh, not so important and uh, much to our chagrin. And, And you may recall, Harvey, I know that you testified. A lot of people went to Sacramento, and they spoke brilliantly. But there was also that other side, the people who say, well, the sun doesn't always shine, and the wind doesn't always blow, and all of the mantras that we hear repeated ad nauseum over decades that justify uh, these horrendous nuclear power plants. At the end of the day, Betty Yee and Gavin Newsom said, well, we've heard both sides and now we're convinced that it's okay to extend the lease without, uh, without looking at the environmental impact. But they are going to be faced with that decision once again. The California Land Commission is going to have to extend that lease again and so they have the power once again to require an environmental impact review prior to extending that lease, and that's one of the things. That's one of the power points, one of the pressure points that we have.
4: Great. So,
6: so um, you know, um, I I asked during that uh, that listening session the other day whether they would actually be posting the video of the session because I didn't get all of the information and I really want to review it so that we can let people know um, how to contact the various agencies and what their responsibilities are. The other uh, responsibility that I just want to go over quickly is that about once through cooling. The California Water Board and they, you know, the, the legislature oversees uh henry stern is is the chair of a committee that has oversight over oh steve did you want to did you have something to say oh i'm sorry i'm not following i'm you. out
4: i'm leaving oh you guys have a good one oh, Wendy's thank taking over. The hey, thank you very okay. much bro okay bye oh, thank you. you did the impossible here right. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk thank you thank so you. much so Wendy and Myra I'll, are. The I'll principals.
6: be. I'll, I'll be quick. I'll just wrap it up real quick, if that's okay.
4: Go ahead. Yes.
6: So, so, so the the federal law um prohibits the the heat the superheated water from being discharged, and um and basically uh, PG&E has gotten an exemption uh, from uh, uh abiding by that law. They they would have had to have built cooling towers. To cool that water prior to um, to uh, pushing it back or discharging it into the into the Pacific Ocean. So uh, now, once again, the California Water Boards are going to have the power to um, to um, insist that if PG&E wants to uh, continue operation of that plant, that they're going to have to build those very expensive. Yeah, uh, water towers. Now, water towers. Now, you and I know, unfortunately, not gonna happen. that that uh, the state has uh, historically rolled over at every opportunity, and so has the nuclear uh, regulatory commission. So,
4: okay,
6: yeah, keep hope alive, but um, you know, at least well, yeah, there the- there are it's-
4: a lot of loopholes. You're right. Uh, I do have a pop quiz for you, though. Um, um, guess what year? And guess who signed the California Environmental Quality Act sequel? Oh, who? Ronald Reagan. Wow. It was in 1970. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, uh, I guess he was on acid at the time. <laughs> they, they, they put it in front of him. And Ronald Reagan signed the California Environmental Quality Act.
6: Well, so thank so you for you that. Go. I should have
4: um, you. Lebo- thank you, Myla. And you and Wendy are now the hosts, so we'll go another a few minutes. This was a very successful trade off. We have eighteen people on the on the call, and and so this is from now on. This is the link we'll be using. Okay? Well, we have we have two Robin Harpers, so uh, that's well, you can never have too many Robin Harpers. So uh, go ahead, Justin, please. I
3: mean, this is basically our working group, right? Is all the eighteen <laughs> most committed people. Uh, so so actually, uh, I wanted to uh, add in about uh, Diablo and Reagan. Uh, so uh, the sequa, you know, Reagan was in the time of all of that, along with Nixon, right? He creating the Environmental Protection Act. Right. And so th- the Republicans knew that they were a minority party. They knew they weren't going to get a lot of popular votes unless they implemented a lot of more popular programs. And so they they started doing so with a little bit of a trade off on the other side, and that was well, we'll have environmental quality in America, but we'll pass off a lot of our production to countries like China, where they won't have the environmental protections, they won't have the labor protections. The irony of Reagan is that he actually was a union guy before he became a politician and was bought out. And the uh, so we're we're seeing a lot of the essentially uh, shake my hand with one hand, pick my pocket with the other uh, over these past 50 years. And uh, so to provide a little bit more of uh, the reason that this is such a big deal. So I mentioned earlier that I was born near Aerojet and the Superfund site there. Well, there's also a company that was right next door to them called Intel.
4: Oh my God. And
3: that before it was Intel, it was Fairchild Semiconductor. Before it was the Pentium, it was the 586 computer processor. So basically, they rebranded to get out of all of their liabilities and also rebranded to uh, control a lot of the legal uh, matters around uh, essentially proprietary information. And that's a big deal right now because Intel and its uh, industry just got paid $100 billion worth of subsidies from the federal government. And then they turned around and took that money and cut wages across the board, cut 401ks across the board and basically are screwing over all of their employees. Oh, by the way, yes, they've been doing all the stock buyback activities that everybody's been complaining about too so this is all as you know tatanka said corporate collusion and the reason it's gotten away with over the past 50 years especially is because we have lost uh in many ways a lot of the power of the labor movements this is a core issue that needs to be solved pretty much before any other power issue can be solved and uh, I'm hoping that this uh, situation with Intel will wake up the tech industry to realize that they can't just uh, ride, ride high on the hog. They actually need to look out for their interests of their fellow workers, uh, not just their personal one now.
4: Right. You, you know, one thing Henry Ford was a terrible bigot, but he, he, he paid, he instituted with the first auto, uh, mass auto production uh, a pay of five dollars a day which nobody, that was off the charts at the time. And he explained that he he wasn't going to sell any cars if people didn't have any money. But yep. Somewhere along the line uh, that that has been
3: done. He away. also advocated he for traffic. public roads. He also advocated for ethanol instead of diesel. There were many ways that he was super progressive in terms of his technology profile.
4: Yeah, and he wanted to build it the cars out of saw. soy. He wanted to build the cars out of soy. So then when you were done and, with your yeah. car, you could... Well, it doesn't um it
8: was right. so. It doesn't So, Justin, that was a great definition of a politician, which was uh, from this guy, Mark, Mark Twain, who said uh, they uh, shake your hand with one paw and reach around with the other paw and pick your pocket. That, that, that was very appropriate. Does anybody happen to know uh, on the uh, denial of the uh, uh, reauthorization, by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission uh, recently for Diablo Canyon, whether that's gonna hold true forward. And I assume because there is a new permit required, there would be a new speedies permit required, which is a state law. And that filing for speedies under adding more hot water to the Pacific Ocean can be legislated and be fought legally through the
4: courts, which would kill the
8: entire thing. I can guarantee. Well, you.
4: the problem is that the 1954 Atomic Energy Act basically makes the Nuclear Regulatory Committee of what was then the AEC and now the NRC um, mm-hmm. a sovereign state, mm-hmm. and so the civil courts, in general, have have completely ceded everything to the nrc and plus at uh, at indian point their license expired and they, oh, yeah. they operate they operated without a license i remember <laughs> no license I no remember. insurance i mean you know if they were a that's car true. they'd be in jail so you know that's the reality we a ticket. We'll, go. we'll go another 10 minutes uh we got 18 people still with us uh, uh Mila go ahead I, I was
6: just going to uh, say what you say. That generally, unfortunately, the NRC has a track record of rolling over. And so eh, you, re- you don't really need a license after all, it turns right. out. So but you also don't need
4: a cooling system.
6: <laughs> right, right. You don't need the cooling towers and, and you don't right. need, you know, it's just uh, you don't need an environmental impact statement and uh, just look the other way and uh, whistle past the graveyard and Hope the big one doesn't hit and uh, California isn't destroyed before it shuts
4: down eventually. Right. They shut it down now. Justin, do you have your hand again?
3: Oh, sorry, no, I didn't have. Oh, okay. Uh, Joan,
4: did you wanna say say something?
1: Real quick, I am really interested in the issue of California and the grid. And the reason was how much energy is coming into the state of California from the Arizona nuke plant. I, somewhere with Wyoming and the future of that, <laughs> Bill Gates um, and Schutz, and um, Warren Buffett, right? Bringing up that nuclear power plant in Wyoming, but they're all looking at selling energy. And I wondered, you know I, I mean I'm just still startled that Diablo you know after all this time, they decided, oh, we made a mistake. we need to keep Diablo open. And there's this grid issue that people aren't talking about. I'm not you, but I mean, I, I, I don't see a lot of input on people saying, um, uh, are you receiving any ele- nuclear power because the co-ops in Colorado, oh my God, I didn't realize those co-ops here in Colorado are so pro-nuclear and they are bringing, because I don't know enough about this grid and the different locations around the country, but they in Colorado are bringing in nuclear power um, as co-ops. Now, I didn't know if there's such a thing in California with co-ops bringing in in transferring electricity that way. So I, I'm just not an expert on the grid at all, but we started finding out that that's what was happening here. Co-ops, not the big ones like Excel Energy. Of course, they have two big nukes in Minnesota, et cetera. But um, anyway, I do you know much about the co-ops? Uh, either Ron I, or, or... I know
6: quite a lot about the uh, Palo Verde and, and the um, energy Cal- that's exported to Southern California. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, well, DWP... so it's about it's about ten percent of the energy that's consumed in Southern California, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, go ahead, uh, Harvey. I cut you
4: off. Well, the DWP, as my well knows, owns a piece of uh, uh, Palo Verde. Uh, we haven't heard from you, Robin. Uh, Robin Harper, do you want to say something?
0: Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, sorry, I. I logged in the first time and it didn't work. Uh, okay, but uh, I wanted to hear more about uh, public transit. You know, Robin, uh, what
2: you do, honey? I'm sorry to interrupt, but turn the um the the volume off on your other device so the stereo on it isn't coming through because that's what your microphone is picking up. The other um stereo.
0: Yeah, yeah I was trying uh, trying to get rid of the uh, the other device, but. Okay. Uh,
4: some, so some we're, of it. we're almost out. We'll go to
6: 440,
3: yeah. and then we'll cut sounded it. Sounded
6: better before, Robin. You actually sounded okay before you adjusted again. I thought.
3: All right, well Wendy. Can uh, you drop his second connection because maybe that'll automatically get rid of the extra microphone? Yeah,
4: that's a good
2: idea. I don't know which one yeah, um, just, he's using right now. I don't want to. Uh, just just unmute okay. one, that's all He's, i'm only seeing one well, you now. should
3: be able to do it from his video uh so yeah the your other one should be it. muted
2: i think his other one dropped let's hear let's they're both muted now just uh, unmute
6: I, one of them
0: yeah can you hear me okay yes. yeah there you go right. thank you yeah well i'm in, in cambridge uh, and no they've uh done a lot for b- bicycles and uh the, the, the public transit is, is is pretty bad, and I'd like to just see a lot better public transit in this country, like it, like in Europe, uh, you know, as opposed to more electric cars.
4: That's that's I'm with you on that. Absolutely, a lot of the mass transit is converting to electric. A lot of the buses are getting better. We are seeing some progress. So um, mass transit people don't talk much about. Uh, anymore, but they should absolutely. Um, okay, uh, a I moderate, more Jones to, part.
6: Yeah, I wanted to talk to speak to Jones' uh, okay. question. Go ahead. Um, and and that is Jones? Joan. The the um, yeah, as Car Harvey said, the, the the Los Angeles DWP, the City of Los Angeles, and an association of Southern California municipalities do own an interest in the municipally held uh, Arizona. Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant, the, the New Mexico um, Public uh, Energy Commission, which is also a muni or a state-owned PNM uh, in New Mexico, is also a part owner. And I don't know if, if there are any uh, owners from Colorado as well, but um, the Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant is the largest nuclear power plant in the state of Cal- in the in the country. It it generates more electricity than uh, any other power plant and it exports, as you were asking about, it exports energy to New Mexico, to Southern California, possibly to Colorado, I'm not sure about that, and um, and a lot of power is lost in transmission. And there's a lot more we can talk about, but, but uh, time is short now. So let's continue the conversation. I, I could talk for an hour about Palo Verde. I've got a lot to say about it, but I'll, I'll put that off until another right. day.
4: And, and Palo Verde does uh, evaporate, as Myla has said, uh, a huge quantity of water, like 20,000 gallons a minute. Is that right?
6: 27,000 gallons of water every minute of every day is evaporated by those three enormous uh aggr- you know the aggregate and and it's right. uh, it's it's treated municipal wastewater aggregated from all over the state of Arizona and now with the water wars and the shortage of water coming through the Colorado River it's uh it's going to be very challenging to continue to operate those three enormous right. reactors
4: and the LA times just ran this just always blows my mind. The LA Times just ran a major series on water in the Southwest. And they managed to the entire series without ever mentioning Palo Verde. And, I, I mean, you know, come on. And, the, and they also always do features on earthquakes in the LA Times and never mention Diablo Canyon. It's mind-boggling to me, yeah. the denial here. But what can I tell you? Uh, Justin, go ahead. Uh,
3: so to follow up John's, Jones' point, excuse me, uh, about um, the power uh, agencies in this area, we don't usually do co-ops. Uh, pretty often it's something else called community choice aggregators, and that's about 40% of customers in California. Those are essentially joint powers authorities by cities and counties uh, to basically direct a public utility. Um, but it's limited. Most of the time that actually only does the uh, generation of the power, but not so much the distribution that ends up following to the, uh, I call them utilities of last resort, right? We, we have nobody better to do it. So we give it over to a monolithic corporation. And uh, so the I'm in the process of with other folks who have been on this call and others may know uh, Robert Freeling, who is uh, a yeah. disciple of Paul Fenn, uh, as well as a guy named uh, Kevin Bell, who was partly uh, of the uh, those in Washington fighting against nuclear power at the time for the sake of keeping the state out of uh, bankruptcy. Um and so uh, they, I'm working with them and others to uh, lobby city councils and county supervisors to start taking more proactive approaches to their energy management. Uh, so that essentially we, we don't keep uh, following to the rule of the biggest uh, cash pile uh, in trying to get our energy policy.
4: All right, See, you guys, um, we're at uh, uh, 436. Um, does anyone else uh, that we made this transition successfully got 18 people still with us Um, uh, I think we're good is anybody thank you for that Justin and Myla and we'll continue this in two weeks Um, um, so thank you all for sticking with us thanks for the transition anybody else have a last word they want to throw in
6: can can I just one one more thing oh Robin were you just about to speak let me
4: well when I went
0: out when I I I took the link, uh, it said it was only for February twenty seventh, and I don't know why that was. it. That
4: no, that's that's our next meeting.
6: Yeah, okay. it was. it was just a last minute thing where we sent it out without uh, changing the date.
4: Okay, but so we the will next be meeting, meeting is again. Is February twenty seventh?
6: Right, right, and that link will be good for that meeting. And and just one more thing for Joan, you know, I just yesterday was watching a fabulous. Um, uh, video with Amory Lovins, where he talks about the grid and he talks about the d- distribution and how it won't take that much really to um, to accommodate uh, renewables and to eliminate fossil fuels and nuclear power from the grid. That's- No, the, and we
4: got to cover the aqueducts. That's the first thing to do. To indeed, and I
6: have been bringing that up. It's so great. I've been on a few yeah. discussions where I do bring that up. So thank you for that, Harvey.
4: Oh, wasn't my idea, but thank you, Myla. Thank you, everybody. Great to see you, Wendy. Did you want to?
6: Thank
2: you, Harvey. Yeah, I guess I'll um, just mention the water privatization real quick, just to give a, a quick update on it. Just thinking about, particularly hearing you guys talking about the private and public of electricity and like what they're trying to drink, do with drinking water everywhere, and just like letting everybody know um, that the uh, the vote passed three to two here uh, this week and um the deciding vote was um done by the vice mayor who had just had a special election and ran his whole campaign against it um against somebody else who almost won that was also against it. so obviously everyone was against it 20 people spoke at the meeting they were all against it um and it's just they they bought us out and I even sent something to um the new commissioners the manager and the um the city attorney just, enumerating all the lies that were in the contract um, versus like what was told to the public, like specific direct lies and calling out all the different things. Even the last in, in, um, environmental impact study that they did was from May of last year and it was only good for 90 days. Um, but everything literally, like they held two town halls and like literally all the questions that they were asked and the answers that they gave were completely contrary to what the contract actually said. And it it's very endangering to the public it's what i believe is an, unto- an an unconscionable contract which in business law that's like really non-binding if it's done something that's in deceit and like nobody in their right mind would would sign to it then um you know it can't be held up but they're they're moving forward on the 666 million dollar theft yeah the theft thank,
1: thank you.
7: you
8: thank you thank you for the,
1: there are two famous french companies doing
8: it sorry Rod. I said there are two famous French companies doing this around the world. Last place in the United States, they did it in Puerto Rico, double the price of water. One company then got thrown out. They just substituted the other French company for the uh, for the water control. Far yeah, I'll, I'll just say
2: really quick, I know everybody wants to go, but yeah, there's, um, there's also a German company. This is an Israeli company, and the last bidder was caught in backroom deals with the um, lobbyists or the commissioners and the lobbyists. And they had to change that contract. And then we were told we got another company that was Poseidon. And we told we got IDE. And it turns out IDE owns Poseidon. And they're already wow. bragging saying, yeah, like it never changed. And the rates we're told are going to go up 140%. And what's not being mm-hmm. told is all the hidden things in the contract. So it's going to go up like two, three, five times the amount that people already cannot afford to survive. And they're going to lose. So Thank you. Thank you. So Thank it, you. Right. Marla, last Mr. thing,
3: since uh, I'm, I'm of that ethnicity, they've mentioned French, Justin Leblanc. Uh, <laughs> so we, we've talked about labor issues on this call before. Uh, the last thing that I want to mention is that the French use their railroads during commute time to run sausage carts down the street and have conversations with their neighbors. The way to your heart is through your stomach. And oh, wow yeah so they, we actually have you know uh great organizing right there using public infrastructure and america needs to do a lot more of that
4: well they're, they're not going to use those sausage carts you're going to have to uh, uh sub in tofu for the hippie constituency true um, poor. you get the last word Milo. did you have your hand up here oh i, I guess not Hey, this was great, everybody. Fantastic. It's now 4.41 in California. It's really been a good transition. We'll see you all in two weeks. And let's hope to God that nothing really terrible happens between now and then. Uh, And if anybody knows anybody coming in on a UFO, we'll be glad to have them on on uh, on the Zoom call. Uh, sorry I'm about not you.
6: lowering my virtual hand and oh, okay.
4: once again. See you in, in two weeks, everybody, and this is the new zoo. Was there an Adam?
0: Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived? Either way, we got what we needed When the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden